Hi, we are back for our third third, third episode of Tea Biscuits and Books. I've already uh, lost count of the episodes that we've done, which kind of says it all. Already? Um, already. We're not even um, in double things I know, yet. we haven't even made it a habit yet. We haven't even done 90, which, no. is what, which is what we've got to aim for. That's it. That's when it becomes an official thing. Yeah, that's when I'll start remembering how many we've done. Okay. Remember, Ish. we're on three. Or like clo- closest to 10, I'll start remembering how many we've done. <laughs> um, but we are back for episode three. We are also back at the beautiful will be the change. Of course. Which I'm exceptionally happy about. Oh, absolutely. I know you're on about three shots of flat white. So. <laughs> Having all the shots for this for this month's episode. <clears throat> so you can expect um, increasing loudness and jitteriness from me and something to balance it out from Dan. Really? Maybe. That was not part of our deal. No, it's like I didn't sign up for I didn't, this. I definitely did not sign up for this with my two-shot cappuccino with almond milk. I mean... Um, oh, yeah, we haven't even mentioned the best bit. So, for anyone who hasn't been to Be The Change or hasn't heard of Be The Change... First, first off, where have you been? Um, second off, it is a vegan cafe, but not like a preachy vegan cafe. Just like a vegan cafe where they do really nice ethical products mm-hmm. um, and I live on flat whites with oat milk of course. when I'm here and it does me no harm apart from all the caffeine but that's nothing to do with veganism no, that's, um, that's everything to do with my poor life choices and nothing to do with be the change um, <laughs> but they do all of the lovely brownies and all of the lovely vegan food and they do all of the lovely loose leaf tea yes. that you could possibly want and cute teapots and cute teapots we're actually sitting on the same table as an owl teapot which which makes Dan and I especially happy. Yeah, of course. Um, it also makes our guest very happy. Indeed it does. Natural segue. Um, so our guest, if I can do like a teeny tiny teeny drum roll that doesn't disturb the recording, um, is the wonderful Claire Walker. Claire Walker, please say hello. Hello. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, also where have you been? Yeah. Um, Claire Walker is a local to Worcestershire poet. Um, she is three times published and we are going to talk to her about that a little later. Um, she also has a publication lined up for next year already because she's on it. Um, <laughs> and she also co-edits Atrium Poetry, which is a wonderful poetry journal that you should absolutely submit to if you're that way inclined. Have I missed anything? I don't think so. I've got, I've got, yeah, I've I, think, I think you've got all the, all the ticks, bases yeah, covered. Ticks, yeah. all of the important boxes. And also serious <laughs> poet envy over here. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Dan's like, man, I need to like up my game. <laughs> Four weeks, what's going on? <laughs> Um, so for this month, we are going to ply Claire with all of the loose leaf tea. Of course. Gentle plug. Um, in the owl teapot, which may disappear. Who knows? <laughs> it um, might fly off out the window. Yeah, yeah. that's what will happen. Um, so we are going to um, ply Claire with tea and some brownies um, and have a little chat about tea and biscuits and books. Yeah, don't and, forget the books. And books. I stalled at biscuits. <laughs> I'm like, that's it really. We're just going to talk about food and tea. <laughs> food um, and tea. Food and tea. Yeah, that's what's true, yeah. But yeah, we have to allow like food broadly because of the brownies. True. Yeah, there is I'm that. not not having a brownie. Are you not? You sure? I'm having one of those in, in one of our intervals. Well or because of the amount of interval, that might even have more than one. <laughs> Maybe I might have a brownie per interval. Well, they've got a lot of choice down there, haven't they? have they? got so, so much choice. Could, I don't think we can limit ourselves to one. Can no. We? It'd we be should, really not to. We should have like one a piece and then like oh, sample yeah. bits from all yeah, of them. definitely. I think this could be a thing. That I might, think this that needs might, to be a That thing. might be a, a good way of going around it yeah. rather than having one each, which might be a bit much because they are 
Like, They're pretty chunky. Beefy yeah. looking. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> She's here all week, um, okay. <laughs> um, So before I make any more terrible puns, we're going to go and get Claire her tea, and then we are going to crack on with our first round of questions. So we're back. Um, Charlie is now... Tanking back up again on flat whites. Shaking in the corner. (laughs) Yeah, because Charlie's now shaking in the corner, uh, it falls to me to interview Claire Walker for a a little while while Charlie recovers. I sound like such a liability. I'm not saying the word. That's right, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't going to say it, but you've now shamed yourself. Okay, I'll just drink my coffee and listen. To be fair, I'm getting there next. Like, I'm getting to that level as well. Yeah, we are very close to neck and neck. And I've already had a coffee this morning before I came out with two spoonfuls of coffee. By the end of this podcast, it would just be Claire talking. Yeah. (laughs) But see, Claire's just going to. Yeah. Yeah. Claire's just going (laughs) to interview herself by the end of this. Um, That would be a first, wouldn't it? Guest interview self. Only three episodes in as well. <laughs> I think we're breaking records. Yeah, some records. <laughs> Maybe rightly or wrongly. Mm. <laughs> so, I think we should start with the most important question of the whole episode, Claire. What is your favourite biscuit? Well, I'm glad we're starting with the weighty topics mm-hmm. here. You know, we're clearing the way first. Yeah, we're getting all the big ones out of the way. Absolutely. I can then recover and not have a mental breakdown. Do you know, as soon as you said the most important question, I immediately knew where you were going. Yeah. And I felt this tension as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as you'd said it. Because I thought he's either going to ask favourite biscuit or he's going to ask custard cream or hobnob. And uh, uh, Easing into that. Yeah, Yeah, we're easing into the debate. So this all depends. The whole podcast depends on your answer (laughs) to that question. No pressure. (laughs) Well, it's a tough one, isn't it? Favourite biscuit. I think I'd have to go Jammy Dodger. Ooh, good Mm. shout. Good shout. I think Jammy Dodgers are a very underrated biscuit. I I believe so. so. Yeah, especially the traditional ones where it's it's just the little heart shape Mm. in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I think I'm... And also you get two biscuits for one then, don't you? Absolutely. Which you've always got to be thinking about. Which is exactly my logic with custard cream. <laughs> I'm like, you get two biscuits, yeah. what's better than that? <laughs> you also get it with Oreo, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oreos are tricky with dunking though, aren't they? They are. Mm. I, don't know, I don't know that Oreos are really a dunking biscuit. No, no. not so much. Even though you sort of twist it, lick it, dunk it, that's the way you do it. Um, yeah, but, we, but, but that's still... in milk, isn't it? Rather than... True. Rather than... Which rather I feel like is a bit of an American thing anyway. I don't know yeah. I don't know that like grown-ups in the UK tend to dunk no. biscuits in milk. They might. I might have just insulted half of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> in which case, I am deeply apologetic. But I don't know. I feel like it's like something you do when you're younger, drinking, yeah. like mm. too young to drink tea kind of thing. Oh, gosh. Imagine a young person on tea or coffee especially your flat white um, <laughs> no <laughs> bad idea um, no but jammy dodger I think is a good shout yes. I think so do you dunk jammy dodger I do yeah. I do nothing I wrong do with like, that no judgement biscuits yeah I, I heard you having a conversation with Kieran last month about whether to dunk or not and he was dead against it I think wasn't he I know yeah. he's not he's not a fan of dunk but Kieran just indiscriminately loves biscuits true uh, okay. like in any in any form that they come in <laughs> and he wants them completely unadulterated yeah 
try any tea yeah. in Dunking. Keeps yeah. the sweetness and the taste, I reckon. <laughs> Which I can understand his logic. Like, <laughs> I know, but like it, it sweetens your tea in a way, doesn't yeah. it? And that's also quite nice. Mm, sweet tea. Instead of sweet pea. Yeah, which is strange because I would never, I would never put sugar in tea. No, really? Definitely. Yes. No. For the record, listeners, I've now, been, <laughs> I've now been shunned <laughs> because I, I have to have sugar in tea occasionally. Yeah, you don't coffee. have to, Dan. It's a life choice that you're that you're making by doing that. But I'm not sweet enough, so I have to add the sweetness. Oh. And I mean, I see what you're doing there, and it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not buying it. But, no, but you're still wrong. So. Am I still in the naughty corner? Yeah, yeah. When I listened to your first podcast, and you had this discussion, I actually messaged Charlie and said, "I cannot believe that Dan put sugar in his tea." What? And and this know, is how serious this. You, you know, weren't the only is. person that did oh, really? that. <laughs> Wait, who's the other one? <laughs> I'm not going to name and shame people on it, but another poet, I will say, okay. got in touch and said, like, "I can't believe that Dan has sugar in his tea," and I said, "I know." I never would have agreed to the podcast no. if I'd known that, that was no. <laughs> if that was the sort of person that I was, was going to be working with. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I'm being the balance to your craziness, I need extra sustenance. So. <laughs> All right, I'm going to let you have that. Thank you. But I still, I still can't get on board with sugar and tea. I'm no. slowly getting out of this hole I've dug for myself. Um, <laughs> have a small ladder coming together. Yeah, I'll be out of it by episode twenty. Yeah, um, episode <laughs> which is fine because I won't actually know when we get to episode twenty if the start of this one is anything to go by. So. <laughs> it's the next one, Charlie. Okay, good to know. Yeah, be fine by then. Um, so, Jammy Dodger. Jammy Dodger. Mm. Our very own Jammy Dodger likes Jammy Dodgers. <laughs> can Try. I can I ask the next question? I think you should. Um, this is also quite a difficult question. We'll get as many of the difficult okay. ones out of the way. Right, so we're in inverse in. order. Yeah. Um, by by the end of this, the rest of the podcast will just be an absolute <laughs> Um From favourite biscuit to favourite book, Ooh. do you have a favourite oh, book? See, that's so tricky. That's even harder than the favourite biscuit. Maybe we question. should have started with favourite yeah. book. Yeah, we got our tricky questions in yeah. the wrong order. I think we need to start yeah. asking guests in advance. Is it harder to pick a biscuit? Or a <laughs> Which would you like to tackle? Yeah, both are very important life decisions. That yeah, should be absolutely. on our list of standardised <laughs> questions going forward. <laughs> I, don't, I think it's one of those things that, that changes on and off kind of based on sort of what, what you want to read at the time. Kind yeah. of. I don't know. See, I, I suppose my all-time favourite book is a book called The Playmaker by Thomas Keneally, which is about um, the first group of uh, convict settlers from Britain to New South Wales in Australia. Um, and it's just, I studied it for A-level a very, very long time ago. And um, it's just kind of just one of those that's sort of stuck with me, you know, kind of one of those moments where you think, wow, that's what, that's what fiction yeah. can be like. And obviously it's fiction that's based on actual um, experience. Um, and just thought it was, was wonderful and it has stayed with me. I'm also a very big fan of, and Charlie, I think you've read this book, um, Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine. Oh, my I heart. Thought... <laughs> also well said. Yeah, I, just, I, I thought that was just a, just an amazing book, just so tragic, but so funny, as, you yeah. know, real laugh yeah. out loud and cry kind of Yeah, completely. Book. And I think that's, that's such a talent, isn't it, to yeah. be able to get sort of extreme emotions all into one, yeah. one thing. It's, especially when you're dealing with such serious issues as that book kind of deals with. But 
So I, yeah, so I think if I could have two rather than one, I'd yeah, well, have two, to go. Two <laughs> well, your biscuits two in one, yeah. so you might as well two, have two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's fair. Yeah, um, so I think yeah. I'd go for those two. Eleanor Oliphant is a beautiful book. It really is. Have you? Really I haven't read it. Or you oh, really, I'd really, really should. It. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. really, really I'm venturing up to Waterstones later, so yeah. nice. Go for it. Yeah. yeah, it's really beautiful. I think there are points when it's really difficult. Yeah, oh, very much so. It's very dark in yeah. places, isn't it? But it's also very easy to end, because it's a first-person narrative, isn't it? Like, it's told yes. through Ellen's voice. Yeah. Um, and I think it becomes very easy to empathise slash maybe even over-empathise with, yeah. with the main character, because... Because she has had like a, a really, really tough time and yeah. a really horrible life. And because she's quite frank and direct and um, almost like quite unfiltered, yes, I think. Yes, she is definitely very blunt, isn't <clears throat> yeah, she? Yeah, I think says to me. because of that, she becomes more endearing. So yeah. you find more and more sympathy for her and empathy for her as the book continues. I'm loving this girl already. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a really... I know the word powerful is sort of overused, but it is a very powerful book, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I've only met maybe one or two people who didn't enjoy it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. and I did not engage with them. I did not. <laughs> um, you don't need that. that. No, yeah. I don't need that. I don't need that sort of negativity in my reading habits. Um, but yeah, not. I would say nine people out of ten or nine readers out of ten who I've spoken yeah. to about it agree that it's like really heartfelt yeah. and really moving um and not not necessarily true to life in terms of the events that happen but true to life in like you said like it's rock bottom lows and then yeah. laugh out loud moments yeah definitely. um that, that balance each other out really well yeah and just how she's so at times so clueless about how to yeah. interact mm. with people and and that obviously comes from a sad place the fact yeah. that she's never been kind of socialized about how to interact with people but but like you say it's so endearing as well isn't it mm. and it does make for some real comedic moments amongst the amongst the tragedy really yeah mm. yeah and i think it's also like you want a happy ending i'm not going to say whether it's a happy ending or not because i'm not a monster <laughs> um, no but Dan hasn't read it yet but you, you, you want a happy ending but at the same time you don't want like a ride off into the sunset exactly. happy ending like yeah. you just want everyone to be all right because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eleanor wouldn't ride off into the no. sunset would she she's not no know, she under no circumstances kind of, no. i don't even think that she would understand the reference if no. it was made to her no. Would she like ride off into the sunset on a panther or something epic like that? I, I don't know. No, she's not really. So. She's not really that fierce a character. She might plod off into the sunset on her own. And, yeah. Hmm. To the co-op or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah she's, maybe not as far as the sunset. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that she would quite get get to sundown but she'd probably <laughs> like get her essentials and then go home and yeah. call it a day yeah and be, and be perfectly happy with yeah. that and, and, that, and that would be enough yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. She is my kind of character. Oh, I know. Like. As we were describing it, I was thinking, you know, there's nothing wrong with Eleanor Oliphant's lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is. She is very much so. Um, so yeah, you should absolutely read it. It's yeah. really beautiful. Right, I'm going to hunt this book down and get it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to think if I still have my coffee kicking around. I it doesn't feel like the sort of book that I would donate. Yeah, mm. I'm very precious about donating books that yeah. have an impact. Yeah, definitely. 
Mm. But there's loads of good charities. Yeah, Mm. that is true. And it is nice to be able to share books with other people. Sometimes I read something that's so powerful I want to share it, but then Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. I also found quite comforting, which I think is why I didn't want to get rid of it. Um, but you can borrow it as long as you take really good care of it. Of course I will. <laughs> you know me. I've still yeah. got my books from uh, when I moved flats still in a box. Yeah. So I'm scared to unpack them. That's fair. And also the box is overflowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So you know I take good care of the books. No dog ears, no reading in the bath. Nothing uh-uh. like that. <laughs> Do you dog ear books? No, I read them in the bath. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. I like a dog-eared book. It looks, it's, it shows it's been loved. I like a cracked spine. I love a cracked spine. I don't, I don't know Out how. Out of context. I don't know. We should <laughs> I isolate that as a sound bite. <laughs> Charlie, Halloween was on <laughs> Thursday. Yeah, I feel, I'm a um, I don't, I think it takes such unnecessary skill to read a book without cracking the spine of it. Yes. Because you're always, uh, people can't see what I'm doing, which makes this, makes this part of the conversation lose effect. But you're always like this when you're trying to read yeah. it, aren't you? When you like move between the pages yeah. without... I don't, Without and, uh, actually going yeah, full, yeah, and like the satisfaction the of like when you're far enough through it to to yeah, make like definitely. the first mm. the first crack in it. I love a cracked vinyl yeah. book on a book on a book. <laughs> on a book. Full disclaimer, Charlie does not crack spines often. <laughs> Only in books that are right rather than books that. You know, yeah. anyone else? You're also looking <laughs> at me rather sadistically right now. I'm kind of scared. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll look at, look at the table instead. Um, I don't actually mind people who read in the bath. I just think that you have to know when to when to stop. <laughs> yeah. I think when your arms start going blue and the water has ice not in, even, that's when... That, but you know, when you have like a really hot bath, like the pages start to... Start to, start to wiggle. They do, yeah. yeah so you're that. like, wilt. And I'm like, yeah, they wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think you have to know when you, when your cut off is yeah. to be able to say, "I'm going yeah. to ruin, I'm going to ruin the book if the I don't." Sign that the bath yeah. is over. Mm. Yeah. Also, don't read in the shower. Bad move. No, I've made that mistake. <laughs> the Beano coffee from 1969 has never looked so vile. Um, where the heck did that come from? Um, <laughs> it's good life advice, Dan. So don't knock it. <laughs> There you go. That's what our podcast is all about. We're giving good life advice as well as good book reviews. Mostly just life advice. I don't know whether it's always good life advice. Fair point. (laughs) Yeah, it's just advice is what it is. Take it or leave it. Yeah, what you do with it is on on your head entirely. Yep. Disclaimer, Dan and I cannot be held responsible for other people's decisions. Exactly. (laughs) Unless we're recommending good books that people read and then say, oh, I really enjoyed that, in which case that's totally on us. We take take full responsibility for it. It, which yeah. is what we're doing next month exactly yeah so yeah. next month we'll give good good reading advice yeah absolutely we will spoiler yeah. <laughs> i was trying to keep it secret. flash forward <laughs> flash forward no we're trying to stay out of the christmas thing for now why because we've not had bonfire night yet <laughs> Oh yeah, that's true. All of the, all of the fireworks <laughs> last night sort of threw me for a loop, so I need to recalibrate <laughs> to the fact that bonfire night hasn't actually happened yet. No, not yet. When, when it's after bonfire night, that's when we can start discussing Christmas. Okay. For two now, days, that's all. We'll stick to books for two days. <laughs> she says. <But> anyway, <laughs> talking of books, 
considering that's a third of the name of our podcast, (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of important. Did you, Claire Walker, fall in love with reading books or writing them first? This is kind of the which came first, chicken or the egg. Yeah, Yeah. this is is a chicken or the egg question, isn't it? it? I love it. We go from philosophical to downright crazy and all around. And, and like chicken or egg, I, I'm not sure I can answer that question because mm. I think they are so interlinked, aren't they? You know, kind of reading makes you a better writer and writing makes you a better reader. Um, and I, yeah, I, I really, I, I suppose I probably read more now that I write. Mm. Or maybe I, maybe I just read differently. I'm not sure. Um, I, I think you... I think you read with a more critical eye when you're a writer. Yeah. yeah. Um, particularly poetry, maybe. If I'm if I'm kind of reading a poem, I don't generally kind of just read it and then turn the page to the next one. I think you're always kind of looking for the mm. sort of poetic devices and the, and the kind of the bits that affect you most, mm. perhaps more than reading a novel. Mm. I would agree with that because when I read poetry I actually read it as if they're performing it yeah. or reciting it yeah. so yeah I feel that. Yeah. I think it's really hard to read a pamphlet or a collection quickly. Yeah. Mm. Um, I have pamphlets that I've read in one sitting Yeah. Um, but when I do that I tend to read it again at a slower pace so yes. I can actually so you can take in a bit more yeah. Of, yeah. because I think I think there are some like particularly pamphlets that have a narrative yeah I think reading them if you can find the time to do it in one sitting I think is lovely because then you get the whole story in 30 pages or however mm. long the pamphlet is and you can enjoy it sort of as the narrative is is written yeah um, so I enjoy reading them quickly in that respect yeah but I also like what devices are it using? Yeah. What techniques mm, are there? And why why did I stop at this one for half a beat longer yeah, than exactly. the one before? Why me? did this poem affect yeah. me more than the, the one before that? And yeah. I love and when a poem kind of just hits you, it's just yeah. it's wonderful, isn't it? That's one of the things I love about poetry, it's just how emotive it is yeah. and how deeply you feel and I, you say about pamphlets, Charlie. I, I am a massive poetry pamphlet fan. Mm. I think they're just so lovely. That kind of bite size, you know, quite closely themed, often. Yeah, sort of thing. I, I love that. Just tucking up and, and reading them in one go, and yeah. But then, like you say, coming back to them and savouring them yeah. later. Yeah. So I'm a bit, big fan of the poetry pamphlet. Yeah, I think it's um, underrated. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think pamphlets get the credit that they deserve. We should big up a poetry pamphlet. We should have poetry pamphlet month. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Maybe we should just do an episode where we talk about pamphlets that we've read. Yes. We can do that. I bank, think bank that for 2020. We're in it. Yeah. Add that to the calendar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and definitely have a hashtag flying because it's also Nanarimo this month. Oh, of course. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm not doing because it terrifies the heck out of me. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers to people who are doing, <laughs> yeah. who are doing that this month. Yeah. I'm 10 out of 10 not here for it. No. For those of you who don't know, NaNoWriMo is writing 50,000 words. Yeah. Correct me if I'm right. Yeah. yeah 50,000 uh, 50, words in a month because you're a glutton for punishment. Yeah. Um, I have never even... You know, champion the thought of doing it, but I respect anyone who does do it. I did it. it. I did it last year. I didn't do it. That's disingenuous. I started it last year, mm. um, and I and I finished a draft of a novel which was more than fifty thousand words. I think mm. maybe about sixty-five. Right. Um, 
and I think that took about seven weeks. But I started it as part of National Novel Writing Month. Well said. But I just, <laughs> so I had to think so hard before I said it. Um, but I couldn't, I just couldn't maintain the pace of it no. for as long as... Because I think, I'm pretty sure it equates to around 1,700 words a day. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, which is all right for a couple of days. But it's tiring. But yeah, and big discipline. time. And uh, yeah, finding the time to do it as yeah. well is uh, like hugely problematic. Mm. And also, if you get one day where you can't do that, do you then kind of yeah, feel so, like you're just suddenly, behind Yeah, yeah suddenly you've got to write three and a half thousand yeah, words yeah, the next day, or yeah. just under three and a half thousand words, to, to feel like you're, you're still averaging. Yeah. And it's just, sometimes I need pressure to get writing done more so editing if I'm honest yeah so now um, we need national editing month yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many months if we've got someone, 12 of them if someone could say you know you have a, a month to edit this this book or this novel that would really help me actually okay so we've we got could definitely get behind national editing, editing month yeah. yeah definitely maybe we should try and make it a thing <laughs> no? so starting in 2020 we've got national poetry pamphlet yeah. month in january yeah. national editing month in we february can start or something. a nano edmo hashtag <laughs> nano edmo <laughs> Yeah, if it sticks. I reckon it should. I reckon it would. If any of our listeners use Instagram and are editing anything at the moment, if you could use that hashtag, it would make me and Dan really happy. We we will literally skip down Worcester High Street. I'm going to start using it. I I think we should. We should. We're going to make it a thing. We're going to lead from the front. Yeah. That's exactly what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So off the back of writing and reading is there a is there a genre that you are more inclined to read like do you because like obviously i know you personally i know <laughs> that you write lots of poetry um so do you do you feel more inclined to read poetry than fiction for example generally yes probably um but then i also like reading crime fiction because that, that's just <laughs> <laughs> and you're not just saying that because charlie's next to you <laughs> no, i promise um because I, I don't know, it's just such wonderful escapism, isn't it? You know, a classic murder mystery. Yeah. You know, Agatha Christie. So it's I, was <laughs> I thought any second now she's going to name drop Agatha yeah. Christie. <laughs> you know, I love Agatha Christie. Yeah. Good old Aggie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, Good old Aggie. So much time for Agatha Christie. Yeah, and I, I just love how you you just get completely lost in them. You know, everything's going to be fine at the end. Yeah. It's all going to be solved and wrapped up nicely. And I think there's a lot of comfort in, in reading a book like that, but it's all going to be fine in the end, and you kind of get lost in the puzzle of it as it's going through. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Agatha Christie and the Agatha Christie style whodunit. Yeah. I think there's a whole... I don't know whether we've talked about this on the podcast before or whether it's just something that I bore people a lot with like in, my, <laughs> in my personal life. Probably the latter. Um, no such thing. Friends and family are going to tweet me now and be like, it's definitely that. <laughs> But there's uh, a sort of a theory around um, the success and the prominence of crime fiction because it's been in vogue. I'm doing air quotes. I don't know why people can't see us. Um, (laughs) But it's been in vogue for years. Um, I mean, like, all the way back to the likes of Edgar Allan Poe, who, like, isn't necessarily detective fiction but is classed as, like, early gothic detective fiction sort of stuff. 
Um, and the theory around it is that the reason why people enjoy crime fiction so much and subsequently why it's such a long-standing genre is because it reinforces our belief in law and order. Yeah. Um, and it reinforces the idea that like, even if there are bad people in society, the good people will catch them. Yes, they will be and, caught. And, and, yeah, will be and they justice. will be brought to justice, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah so there's a, there's a lot of interesting talk around why people rely on crime fiction so much to, yeah. to like feed this to kind of bolster our yeah. faith in or restore good. yeah, or restore yeah. Right. Or restore <laughs> a lot of cases yeah I'm going to have to read a lot of crime thriller for that to happen yeah. but... completely um, so yeah I absolutely adore crime fiction yeah. not even I don't I'm not even saying that's like a plug for my own work but like I, I just think it's wonderful yeah. and so clever um, and the rule of like the reader in theory being able to keep up with the detective yeah. I think is great but like when I read Agatha Christie I'm like no <laughs> <laughs> too many lines it could be hairy yeah. it could be all of them yeah. I just yeah. imagine with like a detective doing that string across a map that's <laughs> what it's like yeah. reading yeah. an Agatha Christie yeah. novel because yeah. Poirot just knows yeah. everything yeah. He... does he know the meaning of life probably oh definitely I so just, do I, I, 42. Just, I just think <laughs> I just think he'd be reluctant to tell you yeah. he'd, he'd just, just look at you mysteriously and sort of with a glint in his eye and twirling yeah. his moustache yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah if I could be a fictional character I would choose to be Poro really oh my god him. that's such a good question haven't we <laughs> yeah, I was going to literally ask you that <laughs> I think Poirot is a is a good call. Mm-hmm. I do I do like him very much as a character. Yeah. Um, what would yeah. you be, Charlie? I don't know. The brains. Oh my goodness! I know who I would be. Yeah. I, have, I have it. So. Um, I would be um, Tony Hill from Val McDermid's Wire in the Blood oh. series, um, who is a sort of forensic psychologist of sorts. Um, and he was wonderfully depicted in the televised adaptation by, I think, a gentleman called Robson Green. I think is he played him. No, maybe I can't remember actually. It sounds sounds um, like it. I feel like that's his name. I can fact check it and let anyone know who's interested. <laughs> Just me. Um, but yeah, so I think I would be. I think I would be Tony Hill because mm-hmm. he's very sharp and very quick witted. Um, but also quite offbeat. Yeah. Um, as I think, like protagonist characters in crime fiction, yes, one way or another, yeah, often are. Definitely. So yeah, I would be Tony Hill. Who would you be, Dan? I would be. Uh, I don't even have to think about this. Either the monster from Frankenstein or Dracula. Oh. Why on earth would you be the monster from Frankenstein? Because, and it reminds me of what we were discussing last month with Kieran. Yeah. It's kind of like he's a misunderstood um, individual, but has a lot of love to give. Yeah. And I empathise with him on several, several levels. Um, and Dracula's just badass, so... <laughs> <laughs> I know, but he's kind of a nuisance, no? He's going to be a nuisance no, now! No, <laughs> just Dracula, not you personally. But I, do I have been Dra- known to be a nuisance. I think Dracula's a bit of a pain in the... Really? No! <laughs> no! <laughs> Oh, that was oh. so good. Very well played. Well very, done, Claire. Very nicely well done. Claire is the star of the show. Claire <laughs> really is the star of the show. Um, yeah, Dracula just seems like an odd choice. No, no, I, I empathise with Dracula a lot. 
you know. Ne uh, nectar. No, we got me doing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What you did there. So yeah, I thought it was inadvertent. <laughs> I must confess, I've not read Dracula. Obviously, I know the premise of Dracula, but mm. what, so what is it about Dracula that you empathise with? Just his kind of backstory. <laughs> you're, you're laughing at Nectarnal again. No, I'm not. I'm holding in all of my personal thoughts about Dracula as a novel. <laughs> oh, gosh, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just... The whole premise of it, like, how he... And it is quite brutal, obviously, being a vampire novel, but... Yeah, just how he sticks to his pride, his principles, and would do anything. And I know Charlie's looking at me <laughs> with disbelief, you and I'm trying that, not to look at that. You think that Dracula has principles? Before he got vampirized, um, when he was black. Bitten. <laughs> okay, bitten, yeah. I like my word. Um, I like the word vampirized. You think. Vampirized, not vaporized. You think that he had principles when he was Vlad the Impaler? Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning a lot about you in today's episode. Well, you're, you're the one who cracks spines. So. I mean, I don't put people's heads on spikes, though, do I? As far as I know. Not anymore. Like, not anymore. <laughs> You've grown up. Not, since, not since that one time when you told me that it wasn't okay. Yeah, I did um, forewarn you. Um, I just think Dracula's a really peculiar choice. Yeah. Um, I am a peculiar person. Um, but yeah, just how... I don't know, I can't really explain it. I just have a connection with that particular character and kind of the, again, I feel like it goes back to the monster. He kind of, he does what he does for the person he loves and the person he, or his kind of country, if you believe the film, uh, the 1994 one, obviously. Um, <laughs> Cause I know there's been several. Um, so yeah, that would be my choice. And, and yes, you're learning a lot about me. <laughs> I'm learning a lot about myself. Oh, <laughs> I'll be damned. <laughs> I think you need to uh, get another coffee after yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think that is a perfect time to call Holt um, and get a coffee and get a brownie. Mm -hmm. yep. Anyone who yeah. sees Charlie running through Worcester High Street in the next few yeah. minutes, you know why. Anyone sees me Sunday afternoon looking hyper, it's because I am. <laughs> and probably will be for two days straight. Um, so now we've all um, learnt a lot about each other <laughs> and ourselves. <laughs> um, we are going to go and get more coffee and more tea and Jones. all of the brownies, mm, brownies. Um, and then we're gonna wolf those down and come back and then we're gonna pester claire about her writing oh here we go brace yourself claire <laughs> <laughs> So we are back and um, I am much calmer than I was because I've eaten a brownie that you could build houses with. Um, <laughs> salted caramel, if anyone's interested, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Probably the best life choice that I'll make today. Um, I'm back with flat white and oat milk. So you're going to go back crazy. Yeah, so I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to loop around on sugar and caffeine for the day. Um, but my coffee is on brand because they've given it to me in the cutest seaside cup that I've ever seen. And I actually think that there might be a little bird on the inside of it that I just oh, haven't wait, got really? to yet. <laughs> not like a, not like a literal one, because that, oh, <laughs> that would be problematic. Um, I'm just gonna have a seagull pop its head out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just a teeny tiny one. Like a little secret, like, hello. Um, so with my on brand coffee, I'm now going to ask the lovely Claire Walker about her latest poetry pamphlet. One of three, in case I didn't mention it earlier. <laughs> That's three folks, um, one, three. two, three. 
three. One, two, three. The amount of episodes we've done is how many, is well how done. many pamphlets. See what I did there? Well done. Well remembered. Getting better with the numbers. <laughs> um, so could you um, tell our listeners a little bit about Collision? Yeah, so Collision is a pamphlet that's all kind of, well, largely sea-themed, like your cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of looks at how, um, I suppose, our, partly our connections with the sea. Because I think most people kind of, something mystic about the sea, isn't there? And, mm. and kind of, or like happy family memories and things from seaside holidays as children. It's kind of a reference point, isn't it? Well, it is for me. Anyway. I think it is. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. Yeah. Um, I think it is. And so it kind of looks at our connections with the sea and kind of uses the sea as symbols for, um, you know, personal relationships and personal experiences. Um just any way I can get the sea into poems, That's really. Valid. There's mm. obviously a mermaid poem in there obviously. because there has to, you can't have sea themed no. poems no. without introducing mermaids. No, it won't be right. um, and some of the poems kind of look at our relationships between sea and land and how they relate to each other as well. Mm. Um, there's a sort of short sequence of poems about uh, Mary Anning, who was a fossil hunter in the 1800s um, down in Dorset. So they kind of look at um, relationships between land and sea and I suppose political in a way kind of relationships her experiences as a woman working in that time because you know things weren't always quite as equal as they are now (laughs) and and the difficulties of that so it's yes so it's kind of largely sea themed and kind of brings lots of emotions and situations into the sea Sea. When you're all about the sea, if you're into the sea, it's for you. (laughs) Um, I think it's the the final poem in the pamphlet. Is it the title? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I heard you introduce that as as like when something has gone so spectacularly wrong (laughs) that you just have to sit back and appreciate the the mess that you've made. And I think that is one of my most favourite introductions to a poem that I've I've probably ever heard and I also think it summarises the the poem really well too like this idea of like well we've caught this up haven't we Um, and I actually find that or found that when I was reading and rereading the pamphlet like a really quite an uplifting note to finish to finish a collection on like the idea of like things sort of folding in on themselves and you being able to say oh well, yeah absolutely well that kind happens a, a level of acceptance i suppose that this has gone spectacularly wrong yeah so let's accept that and put it all back together again. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. A kind of redemption i suppose in a way i find yeah. it yeah i find it very encouraging yeah <laughs> especially as it's been one of those weeks where it's been uh, the amount of times that has happened has been seven out of seven um, <laughs> one of those years not <laughs> yeah <laughs> bet yeah, yeah. Of those years, so I think that's a, a beautiful night to finish. Yeah, yeah, things go wrong in life, don't they? And you can't yeah. plan for when things are going to go wrong, and it's not what happens, it's how you deal with it. I suppose yeah. it's that, isn't it? That kind of idea. Mm. Uh, to continue with this um, gentle plug, um, so it's Against the Grain that put this collision. Yeah. Can people buy it from Against the Grain? Can people buy it from you? Yeah, so the, the Against the Grain website has a, a shop on there that you can pay through PayPal, or yes, or you can buy copies from me at readings or get in touch 
via social media if anybody wants a copy. So yeah, yeah. we can give out all of all of your social medias. Oh, we'll we'll look <laughs> we'll away. Yeah, we'll do a tweet and a Facebook status with all of Claire's social medias for anyone who wants to buy books from her. Excellent. Did you have two other pamphlets? Yes. I do. Yeah. So the the girl who grew into a crocodile was out with the press. In 2015, that's actually sold out. That one. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Just throw that in there. Um, And then anyone who couldn't hear that, like fireworks, just went off. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then I've got somewhere between rose and black, which is also V Press. Um, That came out in 2017, and that's kind of got a narrative theme, narrative thread running through it. So it was quite after sort of after writing something that was so structured and so kind of you know every poem followed on from each other it was quite strange to go back to having a pamphlet that was you know just individual poems that kind of thinking about the order of everything it's quite it's quite difficult isn't it to know Mm. what what is the right order to put things in when there's no kind of obvious way to structure them um but yeah yeah so somewhere between rose and black and all the plugs. Plugs. All the plugs. <laughs> got in there. Yeah, all the plugs. All the plugs. We've taken all the sockets at me, the change. Yeah, we'll <laughs> that was smooth, right? Yeah, totally. It worked. Sort of. I saw, I saw where you were going with it. Thanks, at least one of us did. <laughs> one of us saw where we were going with that. <laughs> so there's there's three pamphlets. Yep. What's next? So I've written a collaborative pamphlet with. Oh, who's it with? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> With the lovely Charlie Barnes. Hey! Never, never, never heard of her. <laughs> oh, she's lovely, Charlie. You'll, she's you'll really get on really nice. well. She's yeah. really nice when she's not on coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and when she's on tea, whole different story. <laughs> and um, and that's coming out also with the press about this time next year, I think, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I suppose it will um, be. And that's a collaborative pamphlet that's kind of call and response poems, all kind of structured around Maslow's hierarchy of needs pyramid um, so we've kind of worked oh yeah we went all in <laughs> yeah. yeah research Crikey. and was conducted yeah. for this wow research it. as well yeah <laughs> um, and, and that was I mean I love doing that I love collaborative things and, and it was just yeah wonderful to work with Charlie and we're mm. kind of really happy to have found a good home for it and we're kind of deep in the editing process of that yeah. now aren't we at the moment deep <laughs> <laughs> remember we need a national editing month yeah we really do <coughs> yeah. yeah we really do um, just for no, this that, pamphlet <laughs> that pamphlet was, um, was great fun it was it really was yeah, it was great fun it really was kind of to, just to bounce ideas off each other and just to be able to write a poem and send it to someone and say, what do you think of this? Mm. And, you know. Is that how it just came about? Like one of you just wrote a poem on that theme and then sent it to the other? How did it come about? I think we, I think we, we had, we had a meeting. We had a meeting. <laughs> um, wow, which very much like this. Yeah, not, not, yeah. Dissimilar to, <laughs> not dissimilar to this setter. And I, I feel like I remember us discussing things that we were generally interested yeah. in yeah. to see if we could find... Um, some connective tissue from like one set of interests to another yeah and I think we sort of thought about doing something about nature and humanity yeah. I guess and how the two combine um, and then we came up with this idea of looking at the, the Maslow structure um, and kind of based the pamphlet around yeah. that haven't we so. yeah it gave us quite an interesting structure yeah. I think um, because 
I don't really know how much you're allowed to say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a really um, disgruntled message after this. Um, but it's it's like a rewrite of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but for nature, essentially, isn't yeah. it? I suppose in many ways, and and how nature does and doesn't need the same level of nurturing that, that humanity does. Because let's face it, humanity needs a lot of nurturing yeah. and growing <laughs> to sort itself it really, out. It really, really does, and we've, we've, quite, we've discussed that as well, really, haven't we? Mm. How, how sort of humanity's needs have evolved to some degree yeah. since Maslow first put pen to paper. Um, and I think we have like a slightly tweaked version yes. of Maslow's yeah. hierarchy in there that features like Wi-Fi and fast food and stuff. Mm. Stuff, <laughs> stuff that was missed out of the first Maslow's. Yeah. Just by several years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just by a handful. Um, yeah, it was really good fun. It was, it was. Yeah. I mean, we've got something else planned, haven't we? Something, yes. something future planned for yes. collaboration. Even future future planned. Even future future planned. Shocker, it's sea theme. It's sea theme. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Not that I'm obsessed. Shock horror. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we do have, we do have. Um, I think we're aiming for a, a whole collection. Yep, absolutely. Is the plan? Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. We sort of taken some of the shock out of it by saying like, if a whole collection's eighty poems, technically it's only forty. <laughs> that helps. That doesn't sound so daunting. The other person yeah. is going to take the other forty, and that'll make it. That'll make it fine. Forty poems. <laughs> Manageable, yeah. oh, of course. Um, Says the one who's struggling to write four, at the oh God, yeah, four words that is. Um, <laughs> um, but no, we have I, we have good fun collaborating. Yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's always nice as well to see what someone else thinks is eye catching. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, kind of which lines stand out in a poem, and yeah, and kind of the direction that it then goes in based yeah. on the bits that stood yeah. out for the, for the other person yeah yeah. It's so lovely you've got that to share. Like I think that's one of the great things we have in Worcester is that community. Yeah. Like, yeah we can literally send a poem to someone else on the scene and get constructive feedback one way yeah. or the other. I'm looking at two of them right now. <laughs> you know, it's it's beautiful. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like knowing that you can get constructive feedback yeah, from, from people, people you trust. Mm. Um but also knowing that you can get reassurance as well, because writing is a, a really lonely process mm. most of the time. Like yeah. even when you're collaborating on something we never actually sat down and wrote a poem together um we would meet up and do research or we would meet up and edit sometimes Mm. um just to have like a a warm body yeah just just so we could have someone that we had seen to be writing with that day um but i think because it's such a a lonely process like you get you become quite introvert and Mm. You're... Don't need to leave the house. No, and like <laughs> you, like you become like very self-critical, don't yeah. you? So sometimes, yeah. not in like a molly coddle way, but sometimes it's nice to be able to send someone something and have them go, "It's fine. What are you? Yeah. What are you worrying about?" Which I feel like is something that is, that happens quite frequently yeah. with with us. One of us will send something to the other and be like, "Oh, I'm not really sure I'm really about not it." Sure about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, editing and yeah. the first line's rubbish yeah. and then <laughs> yeah. you know I, I can't off the top of my head I can't think of an incident where the other one messaged back and went oh you're right That's it's awful. terrible <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, and sometimes you become too close to your own work, yeah. don't you? Do. And because you know exactly in your head what it's about, it's not always obvious as to whether that makes sense to someone else reading mm. it, yeah. isn't it? So to kind of 
to be able to send it to someone you trust to give an, an honest opinion about yeah. what works and what doesn't it makes all the difference yeah, doesn't it really, really really does yeah, it really does. It stops. It stops it from being just you and your laptop screen for mm. hours convincing upon yourself hours. That it's all yeah, <laughs> convincing yourself you should just give up. <laughs> take take up something else instead. Like crochet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. You know what? You know what's just dawned on me. Both of you two were actually my beta readers. That has yeah, literally oh, just God, dawned yeah, on me. For, yeah. for, for my um, for my first um, release, first yeah. poetry release. Oh Good gosh. gosh. Yeah. Christ, that seems like the longest time ago, and it wasn't at all. Wasn't no, it? it must have only been the beginning of last, last year, year that we that we were like test readers for it. Yeah, and it was then like it came last... out in July. Uh, yeah, end of July that came out about two weeks after your own. Yeah, so. it's crazy, isn't it? Because it feels like such a long time ago. It, does. it really does. Yeah. yeah, it's utter madness, really, where it goes. Particularly when you're thinking about like book releases, I feel like. Because, and we've talked about this, like you publish something and then it's out there and that's lovely and it's great and you nurture it for mm. as long as you possibly can, but then you start on something else. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think when you start on something else and you commit to another project, you get like a, a disingenuous distance from mm. your previous one, yeah. which yeah. I think is why it feels like such a long time ago. Yeah. That, that like those two books for example came out mm. because we've we've both worked on different things since then we have yeah, yeah. absolutely um, and like even when even when we placed the pamphlet I nearly said the title oh, really? oh my god it was so close to say the title of it um, even when we placed the pamphlet with, the, the anonymous pamphlet with with um, with V Press we were we were both sort of two weeks away from releasing yeah from releasing our respective mm. pamphlets yeah um because i remember the lovely v press being like concentrate on the books yes. that you have that are yeah. about to come out don't worry about this for the time being but even like before those books came out we were like okay so we've got this new pamphlet yeah. <laughs> um before the old ones were even <laughs> uh sort of walking and talking on their own yeah you, you kind of move on to the next thing before previous projects already yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's just there's, there's just the expectation that you will be working on something mm. new yeah um, which is nice really like it's nice yeah it's mm. nice that people would just assume that there's, there's another more. book yeah exactly they want more from us yeah yeah absolutely I feel like we should leave people wanting more I think we should yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good note to finish on I think so <laughs> yeah I feel like we're done um, so unfortunately it falls to you it's my job to do to do all of the social media plugs this month because apparently we're alternating this and you're, you cheated by writing them down I have, so. cheated, <laughs> I have cheated by writing them down and, although I can't spell Instagram by the looks of what did you put? In, 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 Instagram Instagram <laughs> I hope that I haven't written anything I'm sorry um, so I'm going to do the easiest thing first so if you would like to find us on the Facebook you can search for Tea Biscuits and Books Podcast and we will pop up almost instantly um, if you would like to find us on the Twitter um, not the twit not the, the twit the twitter <laughs> um, we are at tbb underscore pod well done which is probably the easy, second easiest after Facebook yeah, I should have done this inversely and got the <laughs> and got the worst one out of the way um, if you want to find us on Instagram <laughs> um, or a similar photo sharing service um, we are oh here we go Great. <laughs> deep breath before I say this at T underscore biscuits underscore books underscore podcast. Sorry, Charlie, I didn't quite catch that. 
I'll tell you what, you'll catch something. <laughs> you do know this is recorded. Oh, I have evidence. I should sample that and try and extract it before we publish it. Um, and if for any reason that you would like to email us, which you should, because who doesn't like getting mail, mm-hmm. um, you can email us at tbiscuitsbookspodcast at gmail.com. Well done, Charlie. Expertly done. Well I'm going to keep that. Yeah. <laughs> have um, an extra brownie from Be The Change. I will have an extra brownie once I've finished my... Um, flat white with oat milk and I can now see oh, it. Oh, so oh, it's oh, oh, cute. <laughs> Little seagull. It's all about the cuteness that be the change. Um, so thank you very much to Claire Walker. Thank, thank you. you very much. It's been, for... it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. And we've had brownies. Been... Yeah. 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 What more do you want on a Sunday? Yeah, thank you for being a lovely guest. Um, we will share... Uh, Claire's social media details on our social media so people can get in touch with her social on social um, social on social uh, that should be its own feature right <laughs> um, social yeah. with social so we will do social on social um, if you want to catch up with me or Dan and what we're doing between this month and next month because why wouldn't you yeah because we're amazing and it's of nice course. and it's nice to check in <laughs> um, I am on the Twitter um, my handle is Charlie, spelled C-H-A-R-L-E-Y, blogs. Um, and I'm the same on Instagram and Instagram. <laughs> um, and on Facebook, if you search for Charlie Barnes Writer, um, you will find not a picture of my face, but a picture of one of my books, which is much better than my face. Um, so if you would like to get in touch with me on social media, that's how you can do it. And if you want to get in touch with Dan on social media... Pressure's on, Dan. Get your social right. <laughs> so I'm also on the Twit. Um, it is at DJ Burton 007 because I think I'm James Bond. No, I'm not. Um, on, we weren't going to say it. <laughs> I always have to throw it out yeah. there. Um, on Instagram, um, <laughs> I am at Dan Burton 10 because 10 is an awesome number on a football shirt. Uh, and on Facebook, I am Daniel Burton hyphen author. And you will see my face because I don't have any of the better photos of my face to put up than the one that's already on there. So, hope you got all that. Feel free to drop us a line. Yeah, I think that's us done. I we're going to so. go and box up some brownies and call it a day. <laughs> Basically, we're going to take the whole of Be The Change, who also deserve a mention. Yeah, they Thanks do deserve us. all of the mentions because they are lovely and they do wonderful coffee and tea and brownies. And they're generally like very, very friendly people people mm. here which makes all of the difference true that um claire and i are gonna earmark some space here yeah. i think have a, an editing session editing yeah. slash eating session yeah <laughs> editing uh, session editing yeah um so thank you very much for listening dan and i will be back at the start of december we will. Um, with a little recommended reads special which means i actually have to start reading yeah we need to read lots, reading. lots of books between now and now and the start of december um if you would like to get into this before then you can on all of the social medias um please take very good care mm-hmm. and come back next month yes see you soon